Coming to you live. Live. And podcasting around the globe. You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast. Guaranteed to tickle your real estate loving ear holes. And now, here's your host, world-renowned TV heartthrob and investor extraordinaire, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with the Best Deal Ever Show. On today's episode, I am joined by my new friend, LaDonna Smith. LaDonna, how you doing? Fans think fantastic, Ken. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thrilled to have you on. Hey, so you're in the middle of a road trip right now, right? Yes, a third, I'm day eight of, it's going to be a, probably about a 30-day road trip, maybe a little bit longer, depends on what happens in the world. I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to avoid diets and hot spots and walking zombies and acid rain and all that stuff. Yeah, if you can avoid the apocalypse, it'll be a great <laughs> yeah, trip. That's what I'm looking to do. <laughs> so where, now you're kind of working your way up the southeast, where are you today? Today I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay, a great town. Knoxville people. <laughs> that's right, and working your way all the way up to Ohio, is that right? Yeah, I'm going to work my way up to Central Ohio and then start working my way back down. Um, I'll come through Tennessee again, head over to Asheville, visit oh, nice. some friends in Raleigh and Greensboro. Hey, Raleigh, Greensboro, and then head down to Savannah. Man, what a great trip. What a good time of year to do that, too. That's I'm awesome. For, you know, I, as, I'm surprised I'm enjoying it as much as I am. I'm really, like, just tickled pink. That's awesome. As long as the drives are short, right? The short little bursts and right. then get to see a town somewhere new. And visit friends and family along the way. Yeah, very cool. Now, so where do you call home, though? Uh, Naples, Florida would be home base. So I do like to travel a lot. I tend to travel probably uh, 40-plus weeks a year, but I always come back to Naples as home base. Um, And then I've been recently splitting my time. I've been spending a week or two a month uh, before quarantine in Atlanta. That's a lot of travel, 40 weeks out of the year. Holy cow. Yeah, I've got a wanderlust for sure. Wow. Wait, it's so, hard to sit still. I can tell. Is that, are you traveling for business or for fun, typically? Um, both. Usually if I'm doing it for business, I've taken the job or because it had travel involved. Gotcha. I'm like, oh, so you'll pay for me to travel. Great. Gotcha. I've literally done speaking events just because if you'll pay for my flight and hotel. <laughs> That's great. It's free travel, right? Why yeah. not? So what is, well, tell us then, what is your, what is your model? What does your business look like? Um, My business model today, I've done pretty much uh, a lot of different aspects in real estate investing. I've been in property management. I've done condo conversions. I've flipped bunches and bunches of houses. Um, I've coached people. But what I really am passionate about today is just helping, actually, people live lifestyle by design. And the way I teach them to do is by having passive income through turnkey rental properties. So, you know, taking people who are in the rat race and they're working way too hard you know, looking forward to Fridays and hating Mondays um, and just getting them, because I've had a lot of people ask me like, well, when you travel so much, how can you do that? I want to do that. I'm like, you can, you just need to make different choices. And that's where I help them make better choices. Gotcha. So a lot of folks that are just looking for turnkey investments. What about private lending? Do you guys help folks do private lending as well? No, but I have a resource for that. I've got a girlfriend who can hook you up and get you. If you need private lending, we got you. (laughs) That's fantastic. But it sounds like over how many years have you been in real estate? Uh, I flip well in real estate in general, my whole life. I'd say like I started off in property management in 1980, <laughs> um, but I started flipping houses. I flipped my first house in 2009. I flipped one house. Okay. And then I went from like one house to four to six. And then I really ramped it up and went from six to 26. In one year. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. That's so a- I learned some systems. I learned some 
um, tools and resources. I learned how to automate. That's another reason why I can spend so much time in the world. I mean, I just love traveling. I get not everybody does, but I actually have a business model that even when I was flipping houses, it didn't require me to be there. You know, I knew how to outsource and automate the business. So I help people with that as well. Where were you at the time? Where, where were you flipping? Were you flipping all over the U.S. or in specific markets? Uh, specifically, I started off in Naples, Florida. Um, it's Collier County, so the whole county. And then I moved into, again, as you expand your business, you can expand geographically. I moved into the county next door, uh, which was Fort Myers area. Mm -hmm. And then um, I started, ran not randomly, I'd gone to Chicago quite a bit and saw what some people were doing there. I had a girlfriend who was flipping houses there. So started flipping houses in Chicago. And again, I was kind of intrigued by the Chicago um, model because it was different than what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I'm doing in Florida standard, rip a kitchen out, put it in, you know, just take out old stuff, maybe open a wall, put in new bathrooms. We're there. We were expanding footprints you know, dramatically. Wow. Interesting. So you really have done it all. Was there an element of like a little bit of burnout? Like, okay, I'm done with being so active in this. Let me just work with investors and help teach them passive. Um, I, that for sure. I felt like I, you know, I, I, maybe I have a short attention span. Maybe I should have like some medicine for ADHD. I don't know. I feel like I try something and I master it and then I want to try something else. I, I would be terrible factory worker. Like I couldn't go and put the widget in the gizmo, the same thing every day. So I like trying different parts. Um, but I really, I took about a year and a year and a half off and just having so many conversations with people that were just weren't happy and living their best life. Yeah. And it all came down to, you know, they were told to go to college and get a job and work hard and, you know, trade time for money. And I'm like, there is a different way. And just wanting to really help people live in the moment more. Yeah. Like Man, that's awesome. And this is, a, you know, the quarantine, I think, is a great example. I had a conversation last night um, with someone and he was like, oh, well, I'll do that next month. I'm like, and I'm like, and how has that worked out for you? I'm like, people were saying that before the quarantine and now you don't get that opportunity. Yeah. You know, things have changed. Like you're not going to get to go to the concert next month. You're not going to get to fly to Spain next month. So like, do it now. If you want to do it, just do it now. But let's set you up financially so you can. Yeah. Well, so many people want to get into real estate investing. They want to do this. They want to do that. But they, they get stuck. They get, you know, the analysis process. They don't know where to begin. And so somebody like you really can act as a conduit. Like this yeah. is how you do it. Let's, let me help you get there. Yeah. And I have a pretty much like fire, ready, aim, like take yeah, action. Right. We'll figure everything else out later. Yeah. You're going to make a mistake. Just be okay. No matter how long you prepare and get ready to get going to get started, you're still going to make a mistake. So let's stop avoiding those and let's just make them as safely as possible. That's right. Yeah. yeah you sound just like an entrepreneur, man. You get bored and want to try something else. I'm the yeah. same way, man. I'm like, okay, I've done enough houses. Let's, let's do a brokerage. Let's figure out the mortgage business. It's just, yeah. you just want to get all these itches you want to scratch, right? You just want to try things. Yeah. I totally get it. All right. So when you were in the thick of things, you're flipping houses, doing all sorts of crazy business. I'm sure that there was one deal in particular that stuck out as your best deal ever. Yeah, it was, uh, I picked this particular deal just because it had, you know, when you are doing deals every day, it literally just becomes transactional. You're just sure. getting the closings, doing acquisitions. Um, it's all, I don't know. It feels very paper. This one had right. just a lot of unique nuances that I hadn't had to deal with before and layered into one deal. And it still turned out pretty profitable. So I was like, this was a f at the end of the, after it was done. Yeah. Was <laughs> All right. So talk about it. Where, what, what market were you in when you did this house? Okay. So this house was in Naples, Florida. Um, what was unique about the property is Naples has a, it's a retirement community for the most part. 
Right. Uh, we have very seasonal residents. They come down and live in there in, in Naples in the winter, and then they go back to their their summer home, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana. So we have a lot of um, like retirement type of golf course, country club communities. This particular house was in a, <clears throat> a man guard gated golf course community. And then inside that community was another man guard gate to get into this little enclave of like 36 homes, not even 36. It was less than that. So it's a man guard gated community inside a man guard gated community. Oh my gosh. High yeah. security, man. What do they have going I, on? I there? don't know if it's high. Naples is a pretty low crime town. It's more just about the prestige of having a man guard gate announce people coming in. Right. It's really right. more keeping out the elements. Yeah, I gotcha. So how did you, how did you even find out about the deal? So I found out about the deal. And, you know, one of the lessons that I feel people should really take away is building an amazing team. Um, I worked with a realtor who was really good. She actually did a lot of marketing for short sales and her marketing, you know, her sales pitch to um, sellers was, I already have a buyer in place. And that typically buyer was me. Like she knew I would come in and always make an offer no matter what, like get the house under contract. Let's wow. get the, and let's get the contract um, going. Let's get the short sale negotiations going. Yeah. Cause a lot of times, even though I made the offer, I might not get the house cause they wouldn't approve it at my number. Yeah. Right. Well, she had that reputation. And in this particular deal, it was a short sale that had a retail buyer under contract and they got the short sale approved and they wanted to back out of the deal in Florida houses age rapidly in the summer. So mm. by the time they put the house under and got it approved, you know, there's mold growing. There was yep. literally like a tree growing in the pool. So it was probably daunting for a retail buyer to take on. Yep. Um, so the, the age of the listing agent called my agent, Hey, it's like, I know, you know, people who will buy this. And she's like, yeah, I got a buyer. So my agent who was good at marketing short sales brought me the deal. And what was nice is they left it pending on the MLS. So if they would have put it active, the other investors in town would have made definitely an offer more than I made. Yep. So sort of, a, it was almost a pocket listing because yeah. it never really went back to the open market. Right. It stayed pending and we changed out buyers and put mine in place. That's pretty amazing. All right. So what did they have it under contract for? And then what did you get it under contract? Um, they had it under contract. Well, the short sale, I'm not actually, I don't remember what they had it under contract for. Maybe that was part of the issue too, but the short sale was approved for a million two hundred thousand. Okay. And those numbers worked for me. Gotcha. Wow. So this is a heck of a house, man. It was not in this neighborhood. It was meh. <laughs> uh, it was meant in that neighborhood but and so actually in the name like when you pulled into that second guard gate it was the first house on the left and honestly the people that lived in that neighborhood it was just it had become an eyesore you know it wow. wasn't i mean i've seen way worse but in this neighborhood it really stored out uh, you know stood out as a sore thumb because you know the yacht the yard wasn't being maintained there was literally mold growing on the outside and it just didn't fit the neighborhood right so the neighbors were on board with like, bring someone in here to renovate this house and get it up to standard. And what were the other houses selling for in the neighborhood? In the, uh, I'd say high, like high 1.8, 1 1.9, 1 uh, mm -hmm. low twos. Gotcha. Yeah. So you okay. knew there was some room then. So that's what oh, yeah. 1.2 yeah. worked for you. We had, um, I think our ARV was at the time, like, you know, a million, maybe a million eight seventy five for an, like an easy fast sell. Gotcha. All right. So you get it under contract now, short sales. I mean, was this one of those things that was going to sit there for a while while, while the bank thought about actually closing on it or what? And now Florida takes forever too on these short well, sales. Well, here's the great thing. The short sale was approved because there was another sure. buyer in place. Yeah. So they're like, we approved it at a million two, um, bring a buyer and we'll close in 45 days. Oh, wow. Great. Let's do this. So I yeah. put the house under contract. Um, didn't currently have a lender on my team for a million two hundred thousand, but I'm like, I got 45 days. I'll figure this out. Right. 
And so did you figure it out? What did that 45 days look like for you? I mean, you yeah. quotes and whatnot. And you, so you here's the other thing too, like when you have, you know, people like, why would you put a house under contract for a million, two hundred thousand dollars if you didn't have the lending for it? I'm like, that becomes my new work priority is finding a lender, you know, dialing for dollars. Either I'm yep. dialing for dollars to talk to sellers, dialing for dollars to talk to realtors to bring me deals or raising capital. Um, and so I started dialing for dollars and was connected with a local developer who, when I talked to him, you know, told him about the deal. He's like, listen, I'll bring the funding. Um, I've got, I've already got the contractor crews. I'll manage the contractors. I'm an agent. I'll list the house and we'll split everything 50, 50. So pretty much my job in the deal was done by bringing the deal. And so, wow. um, we decided to do the deal together cause he was going to bring all the other elements. Okay. So the plan then was to close on it. You weren't going to try to wholesale or anything. Let's just close on it and yeah. let him fix it up and then we'll split the profits. I yeah, mean, I'm primarily a, a renovator. A yeah. con uh, um, I wholesale very little. Wholesale is just an exit strategy. If I've got maybe too many properties on my plate or um, sometimes I would do it if I just didn't have enough trusted contractors and the house was going to have to sit while my team was fixing up somewhere else. But I, in, I rarely wholesale. Gotcha. I want to keep. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna maximize your potential I yeah, i'm gonna figure out how i'm a million two hundred thousand i don't care i'll keep it yeah. right right so were you did you guys actually close then and he put up the 1.2 here's the it was not so much so because the um the loss to the bank was so large even though they had approved it there were two lenders on the um, property um, both of them were going to take huge losses and it I, for whatever reason that accelerates it to a different um department and i think chase was one of the lenders mm -hmm. and you know if there's a loss over i forget i forgot what the number was but if there's a loss over three hundred thousand dollars you know in a lot of places that's the value of an entire home mm -hmm. um, they have to have a special committee approve it so even though it was approved i think it took us another 10 months to get to them to reapproving us closing so even though they had approved it previously with the other buyer. And one of them to close in 45 days. Like that was a caveat of me putting under contract is that I would agree to close in 45 days. I'm like, sure, I will. And then they couldn't close for 10 months. Right. They had to oh talk about God. it for 10 more months and came up with a new um, short sale price of $1,211,300. All that for 11000 bucks. Yeah. Oh and $300. Gosh. Don't forget that part. And the 300 They wanted it. So apparently that was important to them. Oh my gosh. Oh, so, okay. So 10 months and you and the developer just hung in there for 10 months. Yeah. So intent, what was, um, what was honestly great what was, I'd say a silver lining to the, to the whole deal. Um, cause you know, with this kind of, you do everything, I just bring the deal. I was like, I can do this business model with him, you know, four or five deals a year with him. And so we went under contract on another house. And what I realized during the 10 months is him and I just do business very differently. We're very just, we just run our businesses extremely differently. And I didn't want to step into this deal and spend another nine to 10 months while we renovate the home and put it on the market. Um, you know, what I actually had told him at one point was one of us is going to end up buried in the backyard and it's not going to be me. And so I'm like, I don't think we should do business together. So I actually pulled the deal back because I had it. Um, the trust was, I created the trust. The benefactor of the trust was my LLC. I'm like, I don't want to move forward with you on this deal. I went and found another lender really quickly. I found a hard money lender that was going to loan just under a million dollars. And I had a second private lender that was going to fund the balance and the renovation. Gotcha. So what I originally had needed him for, I had replaced. Gotcha. Uh, well, because I had pulled the deal back from him, he sued me for breach of contract, for breach of a 
pretty much of a joint venture agreement. And even though we had, and here's a lesson I learned. Wow. Um, another lesson, even though we had never signed a joint venture agreement, the communication that we had back and forth for those 10 months, the emails, the phone calls, um, was an implied agreement. Cause I hired an attorney wow. as well. And he's like, you have an applied agreement. He goes, I can take this case. And he goes, we might win. He's like, but I can't guarantee it. He goes at worst case scenario, you'll have to close, do the deal with him and split the profits 50, 50, as you discussed. And so I'm like, I'll just wholesale you the deal. So I offered to wholesale him the deal for $75,000. Oh, interesting. He still wanted like, to do the, Yeah, that? I got you. He wanted to do the deal bad enough that you're like, fine, you just have it. I'm going to make my money on the front end and you just yeah. figure it out on your own. Okay. So he agreed to that $75,000 wholesale fee. Did not agree. No. Oh gosh. Come on. All right. That can't be that easy. I offered it to him for $75,000. Okay. Um, through our attorneys, we negotiated to a $56,000 transfer. And basically we were transferring the trust for 56. I was selling him the trust. Okay. Gotcha. Cause yeah, cause it's not easy to, I mean, usually you've got those, those steps on the, on those short sales, right? Oh, the, yeah, absolutely. Deed restrictions for 90 deed days. Restrictions, um, one, you can't, you know, change the buyer's name. So, and when I first put the house under contract, most of the, I'd say at that point, I'd say almost a hundred percent of short sales I was putting under contract, I was putting them into land trust with just the address of the property's name, because you never know when they're going to get approved. Yep. And if like 20 of them got approved at once, I wasn't going to be able to do and renovate 20. So I'm like, let me just put them in land trust. And as they come approved, I'll decide whether I'm going to keep them or have to wholesale. them. Which is a very interesting strategy. I mean, that, it, that's really how you got around deed restrictions yes. on short sales, right? Yeah, you I, just, did not sell the, I did not sell the contract. You gave the them contract the- name, The buyer's name of the contract stayed the same. What changed was the benefactor of the trust. Could you, I mean, it's already, I guess you could have done it with an LLC too. You technically you could have set up an LLC and sold the LLC, right? Yeah. I could have, but with LLCs, you have to go and register with the state. Uh, I think in Florida, it's, you know, I don't know, 400 or some odd dollars. I didn't want to have to do all that. With a trust, it's a non-public document. Mm -hmm. It also gave me some privacy. Um, a lot of investors were watching what I was doing in town. Mm -hmm. So if my LLC is on everything, um, this just made it easier for me to do my business a little private. But also, the, end, the real end goal with this property is I might have to short sell it, which I yep. ended up so when it was all said and done, they finally got to closing, you ended up just selling your trust for $56,000, transferring it to your previous business partner, and then he did the deal? Yeah, we didn't even have to wait till closing because we're not, we don't have to do, we didn't have to do this at closing. He, through our attorneys, we agreed to the $56,000. Um, he put the $56,000 in an escrow account. We signed all our paperwork, and then he took the property closing, probably another maybe two weeks. I'm not sure how long it took him from that moment, but we didn't have to wait till closing because again, we're not selling the contract. Right. But his money sat in escrow until it closed. No. Really? Contract, you got no, the 56? Our agreement was, I'm selling you this trust for fit. You have to figure out if you can't close on this property, that's your problem. Like wow. Yeah, I can close on it. Yeah. I'm ready to go. But if you want to, if you want to sue me, we wouldn't get into this conversation. I'll sell you the trust. And then that trust is yours. You figure it out. And if you screw it up between now and the closing, that's honestly not my problem. So that was a little risk on his part that he's going to pay 56 and somehow, you know, the bank wasn't going to follow through on the sale. That's right. interesting. Yeah. I'm sure he would have sued me for that too. <laughs> yeah, you just wanted to be done with this guy. I don't blame you, man. Yeah. What's, but still $56,000 wholesale deal. That's pretty slick. Not have to do much anything except wait around. Yeah. I deal with him. I, have, I got a couple gray hairs because of him. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Well, so, okay. So what did you learn? I mean, obviously this was, this is not a typical deal probably for you. Right. What's, 
what did, what, how did this sort of change your business going forward? How did you see things differently? Um, it was, it's, you know, and again, I have like a lot of gratitude for everything that I've been through in life. And so I always try to look for what did you learn? Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like there really are any mistakes. There's just learning and growth opportunities. Right. Uh, one thing I learned is the strength of my team members. You know, my title guy was like, put the property into trust. He was the one who set the trust paperwork up. Um, the agent that I was working with, you know, we, if we, if I hadn't had that relationship with her, I wouldn't have got the phone call. Yeah. And they would just put the property back on the MLS like they normally do. And someone else would have got the deal because someone would have paid more than me. Yeah. So the strength of your team members um, have, you know, I struggle with people telling me no, or you can't do that, or that's never been done before. You know, people have told me you can't short sell um, or you can't wholesale short sales. I'm like, ah, this doesn't sound right. So like find multiple exit strategies. Uh, that's how you'll be successful because maybe plan A doesn't work out, but go with plan B or plan C. Mm -hmm. So always have multiple exit strategies. My, my exit strategy in that moment was always renovate the property. But in that case, it just didn't work out. So wholesale the property. It would oh, not yeah. have been a rental. Yeah. And then, um, you know, dial for dollars. Don't take, don't quit. Like, I didn't have a million two hundred thousand dollars at the time either, but that I was like, I got forty five days. Yeah, I just yep. my not my number one job right now is to raise a million two hundred thousand, well, a million four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's all I got to do. Yeah, it's amazing how many investors I talk to that do that and how they they still find success. It's like they get this giant multifamily under deal, and they're like, okay, I've got it under contract now, but I got to go find some investors. Yeah. If that's your only job for the next thirty days is to find investors, you can absolutely if it's a good deal. He, he, that you will find some, somebody attracted to that opportunity. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I would say it took me a couple of phone calls to find him. And then when I was looking to replace him, I took one phone call. Wow. Yeah. So not, not even that hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just don't get discouraged about what you don't have. Work on what you do have and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. LaDonna, this is a great story. And, and I love the, the idea of multiple exit strategies, having uh, multiple tools in your toolbox because things are always going to, you're always going to get curveballs. And so what do you do right. when that happens? And the fact that you still made $56,000, didn't even have to buy it. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, awesome. I would have loved to. I mean, honestly, he closed on the property and it, you know, he did a, an amazing renovation. The property looks beautiful. Yeah. Uh, he sold it for 2.5 million. Um, but he let it sit on the market for 200 days after it was done. Like I would have probably priced it somewhere to where it was sold a lot faster. So again, we just had just different business models. Yeah, right. And he did an amazing job and it sold for 2.5. Holy cow. Is there a party that's like, dang it, why didn't I just, not no, all. not at all. You were done, you're ready to be done. Good no. for you. A bird in the hand, right? That's my, I mean, the older I get, the more I'm like, I'll, I'll take a dollar today versus $2 tomorrow. Somebody would have been buried in the backyard. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, Donna, this was awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, take care. Hey, Deal Farm listeners, if you haven't heard, I just recently released a book through Bigger Pockets Publishing called Profit Like the Pros. If you dig the Best Deal Ever podcasts, you will definitely want to get your hands on this book. I take 25 stories from some of the top investors in the country and distill them down into 25 separate chapters that will not only entertain you, but educate and inspire you in all different facets of real estate investing. Wholesaling and flipping to self-storage, multifamily and commercial, we get into the details of short sales, subject twos, and even land flipping. And whether you're a brand new investor or you have years of experience under your belt, I promise you this book will engage you. 
If you would, take a minute, go to Amazon and order this book, Profit Like the Pros. And if you like it, please leave us a review. Thanks so much, folks, and I will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.